Welcome back for another episode of Lead with Purpose podcast with me, Shishin Young, where we talk about purpose, marketing, mindset, and how to launch, grow, and scale a purpose-driven business. Today we have Elliot Evans with us. I'm very excited to speak to you today, Elliot. Elliot is a career leap coach, a nomad and a tinkerer. I love that. I'm looking forward to talking more about that. And also in your bio, Elliot, you mentioned that you were a naked butler who turned then into a hedge fund trader. That intrigues me. So could you tell us a little bit um, perhaps by your journey, how you became a, first of all, a naked butler, what that is, <laughs> and also how you then um, became a hedge fund trader and now a career leap coach. You know, what, what did that journey look like? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Shet. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Um, and yeah, of course, that's the first question I usually get asked. Um, <laughs> what the hell is a naked waiter? Um, well, I, yeah, I, I thought I'd start by just telling you the end of the story which is you know i I, now i'm helping people um get to the point where they feel they're never working a day in their life so i always wanted that from the start of my career journey when i first started my career i was working in a bank Mm -hmm. um which uh wasn't a lot of fun certainly felt like a lot of work um and so since then i kind of made it my mission to figure out this career thing in a way that felt sustainable in a way that felt like I could be effective enough um sorry that I could have enough fun that I would be effective uh, as a result of having all of that fun and therefore have the success so those three things uh all leading into each other so the where that got me to being a naked waiter um was that over the last 11 years so since yeah since working in that bank i have had six major career leaps into completely different industries uh, i've faced the five what i call at least the five major excuses to taking a, a big leap um a leap into purpose um i've lived in three different continents i've had three uh, major dreams shattered or you know major businesses uh, come to an end Um, I've had two mini breakdowns and one incredibly unhealthy obsession with self-development so along that journey I've discovered I think the things that we all tell ourselves are going to make us get that feeling of never working a day in our lives so I've had the big aha moment, which wasn't to become a naked waiter, by the way. Um, <laughs> I've had the big aha moment. I was going to be a music producer. Um, tried that. I've made my hobby my job. You know, I became a wedding DJ because I was really into DJing. Um, that just made me kind of hate DJing. Um, I've uh, I've had big lifestyle goals and moved to the Rockies um, in Canada and snowboarded a lot. And whilst being a trader remotely. Um, and that didn't bring the sort of satisfaction and happiness. And incidentally, it was after that period where I decided, oh, screw it. I'm just going to I'm just going to pure pleasure and hedonism. I'm just going to 
get a silly job that pays really well in a party town. And that was when I became a, a, a naked waiter, which, by the way, is essentially me being paid to go to hen parties and, um, you know, events only wearing, it's quite embarrassing, actually, only wearing a, um, uh, oh, what do you call it? Like an apron, like a little apron. Right. Uh, and essentially being like, you know, having to like play party games with people, um, you know, get the party started, serve them drinks, that kind of thing. Um, so not my proudest moment, uh, for sure. But it was, you know, it was another attempt to find this dream career. Yeah, um, I'm sure it was a lot of fun, though. It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was mostly a lot of fun, occasionally very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and how many years ago was this, Elliot? Um, That would have been that would have been five years ago now, um, mm -hmm. and and that then led to it was that point in my story where that got boring. You know, do, doing the naked waiting got boring, um, and I came back to England at that point. Um, this is when I had one of my one of my breakdowns, essentially, like one of my like. Okay, I've run out of momentum. I don't know what to do next. Things keep not giving me this feeling of not working. It's not not working, but you know, feeling like I love what I do to the point where um, I'm flowing through it from decision to decision, uh, mm -hmm. and there's no kind of well, there's very little procrastination and doubt and fear. Um, yeah. So I then had to face a lot of doubts and fears all in one go. I ended up receiving career coaching. Um, which is how I think most coaches get into coaching is they have a powerful experience themselves, um, which really changed the way I view failure. And that mm -hmm. is the, that was the big insight I had from coaching um, to start to view failure, not as, oh, there's one way for things to be wrong, uh, one way for things to be right and a million ways for things to be wrong sort of a pass fail what you learn in the school exam hall kind mm -hmm. of thing but actually taking a walk uh, down the corridor into the science lab um, where your favorite kind of crazy science teacher is uh, who's just running experiments and just you know just excited to go from one thing to the next doesn't really care about the outcome just uses whatever he learns to uh, or I say he they learn to um, inform the next thing Uh, yeah. and, and just keep flowing through like that and and really it was it was that change that inspired me to do that for other people yeah and I think life is like that isn't it I think we do get stuck in that we need to always deliver the desired outcome that we're trying mm. to do and as you experiment I think it's it's interesting to hear your journey going through all these different things I mean you know a naked butler sounds quite fun to me and DJing it's like all of these things <laughs> A lot of people don't do that and then they get stuck into that one job and they think well this is it and then I'm going to earn all this money and then I'm going to retire and then that's life. Mm. So I think it's quite nice that you'd experienced all of that but during that time did you feel I mean you, you can look at it now from you know with perspectives like going back do you think at that point you felt happy whilst you were doing it when whilst you were making giving all shift. of the Yeah, yeah. That's that's the key question, and this is how I view that now. Is is what connects people who are 
about to take their leap you know that whether whether they're still working a job and want to you know move into purposeful business or they've taken that leap um and in my case you know i was i was almost always a year or two into a leap you know a year or two into a new venture or just about to do the next one so um i was always in this mode of being afraid that things wouldn't work out as they should like that was whether I was pre-leap or post-leap, I was worried about things aren't going to work out as they should. Um, what if I fail? You know, the, the, the classic excuses. What if I regret this decision? Should I focus on this this morning or that this morning when you first open your laptop to, to sit down to work? And we've all been there. Um, and so the truth is there were periods in there that were very happy. You know, there was that initial... When a, when a venture or a, or a job or a choice started to feel like it was going right, you know, it was mm. felt like it was heading in the direction I'd planned and I expected. Mm. My expectations were feeling like they were going to be met. There would be a few months, sometimes a little bit longer, of happiness or mm. relief, maybe it was. It was like, oh, this one feels good. You know, like this one feels like it might be going in the right direction. The interesting thing was, and I'll use the, the example of when I was in the, the Rockies living uh, in Whistler in Canada, um, mm. which is like the snowboarding mecca and snowboarding is my um, drug of choice. I absolutely love it. Um, That's, I learned to snowboard, actually. Is it? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's quite a challenging place to learn. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, there were moments when I was living there and I lived there for about 18 months. There were periods where I was thinking and people were saying to me, you know, wow, you're working two or three hours a day as a trader working remotely. Um, you're getting to snowboard all the time. You know, you're, you're sort of living the lifestyle dream. It must be, you know, it must be bliss. You no, know, you must have no problems. And of course, the answer to that is I still have problems. But there were moments when it was it felt like happiness. It felt like I've arrived. I've made it. The gremlin on my shoulder, that that fear of failure gremlin would always reappear after a certain amount of time, be it a month, be it three months, you know, it, may, it might only be a few days. And it would come and it, and it would start saying, you know, what if the money runs out? Or what if, for example, I have to get a visa to stay in Canada? What, Canada, what if this? What if that? Are you sure this is your passion? Can you do this forever? Uh, you know, what if the market changes? And so that it was only on reflection, like looking back over all of these leaps, these six major leaps that I made yeah. and looking back at all the kind of categories of excuses and doubts that I realized that what I really had going for me was the fact that I could hear these doubts. I could hear these um, gremlins and act anyway most of the time it wasn't perfect mm -hmm. but i could i mm -hmm. could act in spite of those um doubts on the big stage yeah. you know on the on the big life changer stage and i used to pride myself in fact i used to get a lot of compliments from friends and say god you know you're so good at taking these risks it's really cool and i thought yeah you know i'm a really i'm a really great person i really do take all these <laughs> risks yeah I'm, I'm i'm great what I what I realized I wasn't so good at, in fact, was not good at at all, was dealing with the smaller excuses and gremlin, the kind of day to day, you know, do I focus on this client or that client or this marketing mm. channel or that marketing channel? 
I was I was easily caught up in the procrastination and indecision of, you know, sitting down on the couch after a long day um, with a glass of wine and mm. and thinking, I know what I should be doing. Why am I not doing it? Like, mm. I know I know how to get what I want. Why the hell am I not doing it? And it was looking back over years of this happening with the help of a coach, uh, fortunately. Mm. where we discovered that what was really holding me back was this idea that life should turn out a certain way and that mm. there was yeah there was just one way for things to turn out and so when we when we really looked at it what we saw was that i developed over having all of these failures what i called failures mm. and starting again so many times my risk tolerance my fear of failure got so low and my comfort zone got so large um that i was taking risky decisions that most people would be well outside their comfort zone and i would just sort of go yeah that's fine i'll do that and when it all got brought together it felt like confidence you know it felt like that thing that we all want today in society which is i've i've done enough reps in the gym of okay feeling the fear hearing the doubts doing it anyway that yeah. that became my natural habit that became my neuro my neural pathway of choice yeah so it, it it's not it wasn't the perfect solution on its own because it i did need to bring that down to a daily level um day to day in the trenches mm-hmm. doing the doing the work level but that was that was the big realization that i could have the happiness as you mentioned if that confidence on a grand scale came down to a focus on just relentless experimentation on a small scale you know I, yeah. I ask myself at the start of each work day how can I view the major project of the day as an experiment what mm-hmm. um what will be the assets if I quote unquote fail it doesn't go yeah. down. um all that kind of stuff that's really powerful and I think that in a way that is what entrepreneurship is because we need to test everything right we need to be willing to take risks because before we launch anything we don't know how it's going to go how it's going to work even in marketing before we launch a campaign there are no guarantees we don't know if it's going to work or not we have to keep testing every single day and check like and make tweaks Mm. Um, and I guess it's the same kind of journey we have to go through so what do you think now um, first of all, did you feel what what was the thing that you were kind of trying to succeed in? What did success success mean to you at the time? You you mentioned the word success a couple of times when you were like you were failing, you were not achieving what you set out to achieve. What was that thing that you thought at mm-hmm. the time that you wanted to achieve? And and I guess what do you think success is now? Right. Great question. Actually, no one's ever asked me that before, that distinction between what it was then and what it was now. Mm. I'll try and keep it simple because I rambled a lot in the last answer. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, before, success was having a vision, mm. a quite specific vision. Usually it involved, no, not usually, it almost always involved a lifestyle element. So I want to be living here in this place i want the freedom to do what i want i want lots of spare time it involved a 
financial element. I want to be able to support myself enough so that I can only work four hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, so that I can do all these things outside of work, snowboarding. Uh, mm-hmm. I also wanted to still, still wanted to secretly wanted to be a creative and a music producer. So although I was trading, I was mm-hmm. like, trading is just the gateway to me then having enough time to focus on that. Mm-hmm. So I was very clear about what success was. And I felt like, quite virtuous because I hadn't fallen into the trap of just going success is what everyone else seems to be doing. Success is like you mentioned earlier, get a good job, keep getting promoted, retire, and then retirement brings whatever it brings. Yeah. It wasn't that, but it was a very, very specific idea of how life should be. Mm. And it was exactly the same when I started each workday, when I first sat down to my laptop, there was a like if I didn't get everything in my to-do list done if it didn't all go to plan I would be really unhappy with myself and I would beat myself up and 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 then that would then leak into the next day where I'd be going I'd start the next day going well now I have to do twice as much to feel like I'm good enough to feel like I'm not worthless um so it was very goal oriented and the distinction now is and I think this is probably relatable for entrepreneur. Well, I know it is because I am an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, it's very a tricky line to walk. But now, let's say four days out of five, because I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, my idea of success is quite simply, did I flow through the day? And that's such, a, such an open word, isn't it? But did I go through the day? with as little resistance as possible, as much calm, as much feeling of being relaxed as possible. And therefore, coming from the calm and the relaxedness comes the creativity, the big shifts forward rather than just the to-do list, you know, getting the productivity moving. Um, And success is also consistency. So having a seven out of 10 day every day for a year Mm. would be success to me rather than you can probably imagine how I was before <laughs> a 10 out of 10 day every day and then ending up spending a week in burnout because I've, I've pushed myself too hard. And I, so yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Very, very different yeah. idea of success yeah, now. No, yeah, no, I, I think um, for me, success is very much like you say, when you are just in that relaxed state and you're just going with the flow and then you are making progress, a big part mm-hmm. of it's progress, isn't it? It's, I mean, less to do with the, to-do lists and productivity <laughs> although we do push ourselves too hard sometimes and mm. I quite like the idea of having a set seven out of ten day consistently <laughs> rather than ten out of ten days it, it, I can't I mean me I don't think anybody <laughs> can have a ten out of ten days it's just too much pressure mm. um, and I think you do burn out in that in that case now can I just ask you a little bit about um purpose as well so we talked a lot about what success means to you and how you like got to where you're now in your journey which which sounds really exciting and really fun and you did lots of different things um but what what does purpose mean to you um in, in did you feel like you had a sense of purpose a few years back when you were the naked butler <laughs> so, I, I, can't, I can't let that one go <laughs> so and also like what, what what is that voice of sense of purpose what is purpose Th- does that even matter is it important um in in your life now currently 
I I will hold my hands up and say that when I was a naked butler, I didn't feel like I had much of a sense of purpose. <laughs> I I think that phase was actually me throwing purpose away and going, you know, I've tried to live that real frustration and bitterness almost of I've tried to live purposefully when most of my peers are just doing what everyone else is doing. You know, most of my peers have just finished. I went to university, so so did most of my peers. They finished university. They went and got a job. They might have done a bit of traveling, but they they like to go out and get drunk on the weekends, um, do their job. And I, 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 I thought, and again, th there was a problem in this, is that I thought I was being more virtuous and somehow better you know in my in my naive youth because i had a sense of a vision and like this is how life can be and should be and and this is my per and i it was a very creative purpose like when i was working in the, in the bank and i really didn't like it when i was 21 i think the aha moment there of me going i'm gonna throw all this in the bin and become a music producer and move back into you know my dad's garage and become a music producer that was a that gave me a sense of purpose but it was a sense of purpose of running i was i was like i don't like where i've come from so let's do the complete opposite mm. and and that and that purpose gave me a sense of drive mm. um and then that was what led me through probably the major leaps from then on is my purpose and it was quite inward focused you know i, I i'd say i was quite a selfish when it came to purpose quite a selfish person <laughs> um but over time, you know, over multiple, you know, let's just call them what they were to me at the time, failures, um, it got ground down, this idea, you know, I, I kind of got to the point where I was bitter and I was like, you know what, having a purpose isn't serving me, um, you know, screw this. We all have these days as entrepreneurs, but I had quite an extended period of it. Mm -hmm. Screw this purpose stuff, you know, why don't I just go and do whatever I want, have a hedonistic, pleasure-filled life. And that's when I went and became a, a, but, a naked butler. And I'll just focus on all the things I enjoy. Mm. And I mean, surprise, surprise, after a few months, that got very boring and a little bit depressing mm. because it's, it, it doesn't really fulfill. Mm. Nowadays, the purpose piece, this is quite interesting, actually, because this ties into a takeaway that um, hopefully some of your listeners can, can, can have um, a very actionable takeaway. I see purpose as, purpose for me is defined by a question. So I ask myself, hopefully multiple times a day, if it's an extremely stressful day, maybe only once, but you know, hopefully multiple times a day, what would the highest version of me do right now or not do right now? What would the highest version of me do in this moment? Um, and then I do my best to do that thing or not do that. Quite often it's a not do that thing. I'll ask myself if I'm a little bit stressed or rushing, or I have multiple, too many things on, what would the highest version of me do right now is quite often he would stop. He would stop. He would go for a walk. Remember what was really good about life. Remember that most of these things won't matter in a year's time and just focus on that peace, that calm and let that bring me to success rather than trying to get the success so that I can feel peace and calm and well-being. Um, so that that's that's my idea of purpose now. Um, mm -hmm. And so the the content of the answers to those questions changes, certainly not daily, but changes over the course of a year and five years as 
my values change as what's most important to me changes that feeds into what the highest self is you know at the moment it's very focused on remaining peaceful and delivering my mission of helping others find that peace and that escape from their own gremlins um but in five years time you know i might have decided that i just want a ferrari and to have four divorces and loads of money and so that <laughs> no, i'm kidding that won't happen but um, but yeah i think i've passed that stage now. you better you better move quickly then <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but that's exactly. really interesting because i think sometimes we think we've got this idea that a purpose is something that is fixed and mm. so are our values mm. and actually it does change doesn't it like from different stages and different um different stages in our lives it changes from um you know like once you have kids for example it becomes kids and before that it might be partying or before that mm. it could be mm. making money or whatever those values are it does change mm. um are there any do you think there are any values that have stayed with you throughout um, your journey something that is, this is like great i feel like i'm being coached here this is great oh, sorry, I'm really, sorry. no i'm really enjoying this is great good for me i'm just um, really interested in to hearing like that that journey what people go through in their mind um really more than you know the the, the actions that they're taking yeah yeah absolutely i would say i didn't really have a clue what values were until i had my first career coaching experience you know with a with another career coach um but I would have said I valued creativity. I, mm. I really thought that was, again, because I, because I had such a bad time originally in the banking world, in the corporate world, let's just, I kind of, I put all office work and all corporate work in one, in one bubble after having a bad, ex, bad first experience and went, definitely not that. It's, it's not that. That is an anti-value. And so I went in the opposite direction. Creativity would have, would have definitely been a value. Freedom would have been a value. And that's a really interesting one because at the time, freedom to me meant what I think it means to most people, which is freedom to spend my time as I wish, mm. freedom to um, go where I like and do what I want. And I can honestly say hand on heart, I spent the last most of the last 11 years with that freedom um, mm. and it did not bring happiness. It mm. did not bring that, that ne never working, loving my job so much that I never work a day in my life. It didn't bring the effectiveness as a result of that. It just bought indecision because there is then you have infinite choice over what it is you can do. And that what's quite interesting is now freedom means a very different thing uh, without getting too nerdy. The original definition of freedom was freedom from your own thoughts, essentially freedom from your own judgments about yourself, what you should be doing, what you really want, what you need to do, what you shouldn't. Um, that freedom where you can just sit there and go, yeah, things are pretty good as they are actually um, mm. that kind of acceptance. And, I think it takes, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here because I needed help to see this. I did not see this on my own. I'm not some sort of, you know, sage sitting in a cave somewhere. I needed <laughs> a lot of help and to fail a lot to see this, but yeah. to have the courage to say, I'm going to come from a place of already being good enough and already mm -hmm. being um, 
already being enough and let that take me to success like and and just experiment with the idea that if i'm already good enough it won't mean that i just turn into this like lazy pile of goo and do nothing and i i never have any aspirations or goals um it it truly doesn't that's not what happens um yeah. you might take a week off you know you might have a week of of fun you might go and become a naked waiter for a few months who knows um <laughs> yeah you might um but what when you went once you've passed the stage of the courage it takes to experiment in that way and go how would it feel to just be good enough now and let that take me wherever it takes me and then the fruit true freedom comes and, and then the true productivity comes because it can be consistent and it can be it feels sustainable it feels enjoyable um inherently Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you? No, doing? no, no. I interrupted you. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say. I think, I guess, the distinction is we try to. I haven't looked at it in this way. So yeah. we all try to chase freedom, which is freedom of being in different places, freedom to do, freedom to act in however we wish to, or work or not work, or whatever it is. But it's actually a. Um, a more psychological freedom right mm. like where we are our minds are free mm. to think and to be who we are and just mm. be fine with that and it doesn't really matter in a way where we are we can feel freedom in a cave yeah, so <laughs> yeah. If that's what we want to do exactly so i think that's quite um yeah i think that yeah i i, I love that actually so how do we get there so you've obviously experimented a lot and done lots of different things. So if I, let's say, I'm in a place uh, where I work a lot and to get that freedom. So mm. at the moment, maybe I'm thinking, well, actually, I want to have financial freedom. That's going to give me freedom to travel, freedom to buy that house that I want, freedom to do X, Y and Z. So what, how do I go from that point to actually, I just want to be free? Mm. what do I do what's the first step that I need to take if I came to you and say Elliot I feel really stuck here mm. I don't know what to do I hate my job but I need that financial freedom to feel free mm. I need what the financial freedom yeah. yeah before yeah. I before I give myself permission to be free I need the financial freedom yeah because that's often the case people working in a job that they hate and pursue a career that they probably don't like that much anymore. Maybe they did at some point, or maybe they are burning themselves out being productive because they're chasing that freedom, as you described it, um, which is more to do with a physical freedom, a financial freedom, perhaps to do all these things that we want to do. So what do I do? How do I get from that? point to maybe make a career leap yeah and and pursue freedom that is actually more real in a way mm. well that's the big question um and that's the one that i've spent the last four years as a career coach mm -hmm. tinkering with and and refining um the first step i would take with anyone on this and this is I wonder if this will uh, surprise or not. Is to just ask, so what? What then? Okay, so so in your example, I am comfortable. I'm. It's either I need more money before I can make a change, 
or I'm too comfortable. Uh, the money's too good where I'm at. My salary's too good. Um, I can't, I couldn't possibly. And that's actually, that is one of, you know, my five major excuses. Um, it's probably the most common as well. So in that situation, what I would help somebody see is one, what is that money? What is that amount of money that you think will give you freedom? What, how will your life be different or better when you have it? And usually the answer will be, well, I'll be able to, as you said, spend time doing this, spend time doing that, go where I like, have a nice car, whatever it is. And I'll say, okay, and what will all of those things give you? When you ha- imagine you have those things, you know, really imagine it. What will they give you? So what? Uh, well, uh, a sense of um, gratitude, sense of peace, sense of something. I'll ask again, what, what would that give you? And if I keep asking that question, and I had to do this so many times with myself before I got the message, it doesn't change overnight. Mm. But eventually, there will be some idea of, oh, well, then I can relax. You know, then I, then I will feel I have permission to ignore these, all of these shoulds in my head. You should do, you should be doing that. You, why are you sitting on the sofa? You should be doing this. You should be hustling. Mm-hmm. You should be doing more. Or the needs, which are, so a should is usually a guilt-driven uh, motivation. Mm-hmm. So, well, I should, I know I should be doing this. Whereas a need is more of a fear-driven motivation. I need to do this. I, I need to, I have to. I have to stay in this job. I have to get the promotion or else. And and what's great is with an or else, what you want to ask yourself is, okay, so what if that bad thing happened? There's this really cool, um, there's this really cool technique that the samurai used to use called dying before battle. Uh, And what was supposed to make them such fierce warriors, unlike any other warriors that the world had seen, was that they would spend sometimes hours, you don't have to spend hours, but hours before a battle meditating on the idea like really imagining their own death so they imagine that the worst happened to them and this is also a stoic technique as well imagine that the worst happened so imagine you don't get that promotion imagine you lose your job imagine and this comes back to the fear of failure versus experimentation imagine you make your career leap and it doesn't go how you planned it you know what is the worst scenario you're imagining and get really comfortable with that, you know, mm. spend time with that and go, how bad would that be? What would be the real negative outcomes of that? For most people, the real, the real life worst case scenario is I take a leap, I try it, and then I have to come back to my old, not my old role, but my old um, area of work. Mm. For most people, that's about as bad as it gets. Um, because let's face it, we live in the 21st century most of us i'm sure most of your listeners are living in a westernized society mm-hmm. we all have support networks if we don't there are government support net- you're not going to end up on the street okay that's mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to get to that point so just getting really comfortable with that idea of what would failure look like how likely is it how bad would it really be and what would i do to recover and then you can keep going and asking well, what the, what would i learn how would i have grown how could I apply that to other areas of my life? How would my personality have changed because I took a big, took a big leap, took a big risk? Mm. So I just really, I just really help people think their thoughts through right to the end, instead mm. of if you imagine a train leaving a station, you know, you get on the train of thought at 
station one and most of us we might ride it to the next station so okay i get on the train i can't leap because i've not got enough money uh, mm. or i can't afford it and then you go okay so what next next station is oh uh, well that might mean um i can't afford to keep my car or i can't afford mm. to take really expensive holidays or whatever by the way both of which are uh, ways you are spending your money to try and alleviate the unhappiness that comes from the career so you wouldn't have to spend that money if you made the change yeah. and then most people get off the train at that second station and they go yeah well that's it then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it and then the train will bounce back and forth getting into a loop a thought loop sometimes mm -hmm. an anxious loop between those two stations um and that's that will be your kind of resting place of thought and that then causes anxiety and guilt and frustration which causes you to spend more money uh, because you mm -hmm. then want to alleviate yourself of that. Mm -hmm. My job as a coach, as I see it, is simply to get you on the train at station, uh, station one and keep going well past station two till we get to the end of the line. Mm -hmm. And usually the end of the line is some sort of feeling like, well, I don't want to feel like a failure. Um, I don't want to regret my decision, my choice uh i'm just not a risk taker i'm not that kind of person um money i'm too comfortable uh, or i don't have the skills we get them to that deepest level that deepest excuse deepest doubt and then challenge that and go okay so two questions then what would happen if you did it anyway you know who who do you need to be in order to do that what would the highest version mm. of you do mm. um and how bad would that really be? And it's essentially helping people see their see their hard edges, which is just the train getting to station two, as just yeah. a blind spot. You just haven't thought far enough down the station. Um, mm. And one more thing I will say, even though I've been talking for ages now, <laughs> is helping people see that on a grand scheme, you know, if you think about the tribal days, you know, back when our brains evolved to mm -hmm. have fears and be able to be self-conscious, it was an amazing genetic uh, evolution. It was an amazing tool that kept us alive because if you changed career when you were in a tribe, you know, imagine, uh, imagine being in a tribe and you had, um, you were the fire tender mm. um, and you'd done that your whole life. And suddenly you said, yeah, I want to be the leader now or I want to be the, the, the healer, or I want to be the hunter. You're going to ruffle some feathers, perhaps to the point where if you make a bid for it and you make your big change, you get kicked out of the tribe. Well, if you get kicked out of the tribe and you're on the jungle 50,000 years ago, you die. Mm. So our brains still work that way. They go, oh, you want to make a big change? No, we need the status quo. That's safe. That keeps us alive. Then we can pass mm. on our genes. And so I help people see that these excuses are essentially just you know if you imagine like the wheel of fortune do you remember that game show yeah got, like, you know five hundred dollars blah 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 holiday imagine the wheel of misfortune or the wheel of excuses yeah your brain just gives that a big old spin in any situation and goes <laughs> right what are we going to scare him with today what are we gonna, what'll get him and then it just keeps spinning until it lands on something that gets that hooks into you this is where yeah. the freedom from thought comes from hooks into you catches you captures you in thought and goes and then you're like oh yeah no the money yeah i, I can't I, I can't 
I can't do it because of the money. And if that thought keeps capturing you over a long period of time, that then becomes a fear or a personality trait. I'm not a risk taker. I'm someone who values money, etc. So if, if you can create a new neural pathway where you step back, ask yourself the, the, the question about what my higher self would do, you see that there, is, there are two paths, two more than two choices for you to take. One is the habitual motorway of a neural pathway in your head. You know, you've got a massive M4, four, four lanes. You always take this. It's the money's too good. I can't afford to make a leap. Yeah. You ask yourself the highest self question. You shift your view so you see this, this really badly kept forest pathway right that's like a walkway barely you can barely see it and when you start seeing that as a regular option sometimes you might start walking that path and as you walk it becomes more bedded in it becomes wider maybe it becomes a road and as you stop walking the old motorway it starts to overgrow and you know get useless and out of condition and you'll still make mistakes and walk down the motorway uh, drive i should say (laughs) at time yeah don't do that everyone safety (laughs) announcement don't walk down the motorway if you take one thing away from this call it's don't don't walk on the motorway um and yeah and so you start to walk you create this new motorway in your head and that Mm. that 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 freedom that freedom from thought becomes your motorway so it becomes your motorway to go, go to, to experience all the thoughts telling you the wheel of misfortune going don't do it because of this maybe focus on this client instead no 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 that one's too risky focus on this instead and instead of that actually your your neural dominant neural pathway the motorway in your mind is just i'm gonna do it anyway because when i was feeling calm and i made this plan it felt like the best thing to do it was a very good idea now i'm feeling a bit stressed and i've got all these thoughts coming in I'm not going to trust them. I'm going to ignore them. And I'm going to go with what I, what I originally planned. Yeah. It's, so do you think, um, I'm going to wrap up here soon, but I, yeah, I, of course. I fascinating, but um, do you think um, it's something become, I'm also very risk adverse. Is that the word when I'm really like taking risks? Um, yeah. I don't have a problem walking in through jungles. I kind of prefer <laughs> it because the other way just looks really boring to me. Um, but, you know, like I think, do you think it's a bit of a habit that you can, it's, some, it's like a habit that you can mm. build up uh, or a strength that you can exercise? Um, and if it is, do you think, I mean, first of all, are we born with it? And, and then the next, is it a habit? And if it's a habit, how do we grow that mm. or, you know, muscle mm. on a daily basis? Is there anything we can do to be willing to be more comfortable with taking risk on a daily basis? Because we need to take a risk and we can't just let fear um, control us, right? So h- how do we do that? Have you got a last super quick actionable step for our listeners to say okay i know that i'm always listening to my fear side my motorway i need to now go into that 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 jungle but mm. i need to p- just really work that muscle how do we do it well willpower is our most precious currency and most of us are in our overdraft um mm. most of us 
most of us have so many things pulling us in different directions that to truly build first of all i don't believe it's you're born with confidence or not you're born with the ability to say no to the fear and karen anyway i think it's there's probably there's probably some element of um being raised in a confident household which really helps mm. but it is a habit repetition is the key mm. and that sounds simple and people will be rolling their eyes going yeah of course here's the real key though is that it's willpower or discipline that allows you to act in a in a way that isn't your current habit which is oh my god I'm, there's loads of excuses i'm not going to do it and procrastinate willpower is what you need in order to overcome that most of us in a very busy world do not have enough of it to sustain acting in spite of our habit our bad habit for long enough to create the new habit so mm -hmm. this is where the old uh, the old coaching comes in you can outsource that willpower you can outsource mm -hmm. the organization required the willpower required to an extent i mean you still have to act but mm -hmm. um to someone whose job it is to keep you on that track for long enough until you build the habit that's why i focus on this as a foundational habit you know before we talk about what do you want to do what's your passion etc cetera, etc cetera. it doesn't matter because it's probably not going to happen unless we can get you seeing the value of acting despite fears and therefore mm. build confidence so it it is about willpower there are there are some people out there i'm not one of them who are absolute discipline and willpower demons uh, and can do it on their own and for them i would say use that purpose question start mm. with that and allow that to teach you allow that if you if you say okay what would the highest version of me do focus on this client either you do it great you've done a rep you don't do it learn what stopped me what was the excuse what was the thought how can i overcome that next time mm -hmm. um but for the vast majority of people that level of willpower to do that for long enough to make it a habit not going to happen so the invitation is you can go to my website courageouscareerleaps.com slash purpose i made a page specifically um for this uh, for this podcast and you can join my procrastination to purpose uh, jump start wow, um, i love that <laughs> yeah thank you thank you i was very happy with the two p's in that name um yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, and that is simply our aim with that is to by the end of it to get you off the fence and have you saying a hell yes to your career leap or a clear and confident no in the knowledge that what i'm doing now is good enough and serving me either way You've got some confidence you can crack on right everybody go and check that out because i'm like i want to do that now i don't need a new career by the way i've got too many. <laughs> you've got enough yeah <laughs> i'm still doing my experimentations i'm not i'm like that mad scientist I'm yeah, like, yeah 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 so repeat that again elliot okay. how do we find that page so courageouscareerleaps.com slash purpose um we'll put it in the show notes um yep. Courageous is a bit of a funny one to spell. I'm aware of that, um, but that'll have that page will have everything you need on it to uh, to book that jumpstart session. Um, and yeah, I'll look forward to seeing whoever turns up. Brilliant. So is that a a group session or is it a one to one or do you have? That's a little one. To, that's a one to one. Um, okay, perfect. Yeah. All right, great. Everybody, jump on there. Get yourself on that train. From yeah. start to finish. Yeah. Uh, 
Elliot, don't, do not become a naked butler. Maybe you want to become a naked butler. <laughs> and don't walk on the motorway. <laughs> fantastic thank you so much elliot that was a really really interesting conversation and um yeah thank you for sharing your journey you're very welcome it was such a pleasure to be here thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it and if you would like more tips ideas and thoughts on how to launch grow and scale a purpose-driven business and also hear from other purpose-driven entrepreneurs about their journeys please follow the podcast and remember, lead with purpose.